The greatest multiplier that we have is the ability to help others improve and develop. And so the game behind the game is really not about you being 120 percenter. Are you being 10 times better than you are today? It's about you being really a vehicle of knowledge and inspiration for other people around you that you can develop. That is what's most powerful. In a world where there's so much noise and information, one podcast is on a mission to cut the fluff and get strategic. A place where you receive the latest tips to expanding your leadership, optimizing your business, and ways to become a truly peak performance human. Now, get ready as your host, Jake Havron, is here to help you live the strategic life. Welcome back to the Strategic Life Podcast. It's your host, Jake Havron here. And today I am in a very special place. If you're seeing this on video, you probably know what I mean. If you're listening to this, you might have to go check out the YouTube, but I'm in, in the garage of an incredible human that we are interviewing here today. And this gentleman is someone that ever since he was 25 years old has started his pursuit of entrepreneurship, building businesses, didn't come from much, but he knew that that wasn't gonna hold him back. And now here he is today with over 14 companies. Yes, that's a one, four, 14 companies he's founded and over billions of dollars in revenue he has created. You're gonna find out that he is someone that identifies himself as having the image of God through him and that he knows that his father in heaven is someone that he lives for, that he is a husband and a father to his beautiful wife and his kids. And he talks about so many different tactical strategies on how to create a culture of the people around you to, to understand that it's about the ability to serve them internally before you go serve the external people, which is your customers. He gives tactical strategies on being able to facilitate the way you grow a business, the way that you show up as a business, the way that you live authentically. There's so many different nuggets in here. You're going to want to not miss in a single second here. And I gotta say one thing before we get into this episode. We are in this garage that is literally right at the airport here in Southern California. So guess what? Airports have planes and planes like to take off. And there will be some times throughout this interview where you'll hear the plane going by. And so I hope you just don't mind that here because we wanted to have it where it's a special interview right in his own garage here. So without further ado, I am so excited and so honored to introduce the incredible Mr. Vic Keller. All right, my friend, we're here in your, your own garage. You're in, uh, where were you, Santa Ana? We're in Irvine. We're, Irvine. We're on the runway of uh, John Wayne Airport. There might be some fly, there's some planes flying by. Like we'll just we'll for have sure. to deal with that. For sure, for yeah. sure, yeah. Dude, I just I just love how this God works in such incredible ways. Where I mean, we just this is our first time meeting here today. Yeah. I think a week ago we were in the DMs and literally just small small talking, as you would say. And um, and now here we are on this interview. And I think it's just so powerful for people as we dive in because you are just phenomenal with your entrepreneurship, the way you lead by faith. You have 
uh, your family. You've been you've been married for 26 years. I, I met your son Zach. He's up there watching the game. Yeah. Texas Tech didn't pull off the W here at the time we're recording no. this, but you know what? We'll make sure we get a W out of here. But uh, being able to just see who you are and what you do and how God orchestrates everything for us to be here today, I think it's just so special. And um, I would love for you to just share with our audience about just who is Vic Keller? Like, where did he come from? Like, if no one knows your name yet, they should. But tell us a little bit about yourself, my friend. Well, I, uh, Jake, I appreciate you having me here and uh, on your great podcast and to spend time with you and get to know you and your heart. And I can already tell that, man, you have an amazing heart for the Lord. And um, there is nothing more powerful than that. So I'm grateful for it. Um, you know, I, I think about who is Vic Keller and you know, first of all, I'm I'm a, a son of uh, Jesus Christ, mm. which uh, Amen. Yeah, just uh, is what matters most to me. I have uh, an amazing, amazing family, and and uh, I have a great dad and stepdad as well. Uh, but first and foremost, you know, our Holy Father is uh, definitely mm. um, kind of the the most powerful light I have to follow. So um, here I am at this stage of my life, and. There's just no question about that. But um, I'm Alicia's husband, and I'm a Zach and Cameron's dad. I love that. And uh, that's that's uh, you know kind of what's most important to me in life is um, you know I want to make God proud. I want to make my wife proud. I want to make my kids proud. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's really where my identity rests. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, I think that uh, I'm as happy as my family is. Yeah. Um, and and my job is to be um, you know a strong rock and foundation for them. So. Um, you know, that's, that's what matters most. Um, that's so good. If you dive into business, uh, you know, I think I'm a serial entrepreneur and, yeah. uh, I love to, uh, bring together extraordinary people and, uh, create, um, businesses. And it's been a passion I've had for yeah. most of my life. Um, but, most of your life. Yeah. Starting yeah. at 25, right? Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. I think about kind of when the journey started, um, of, of, um, all the different major markers in my life, right? When did mm -hmm. I come to know Christ? Um, when did I go get my first job? Yeah. Um, you know, I remember at 14, um, I was a little bit less than honest and I told the local McDonald's that I was 15. And um, I, I had the opportunity to go work at McDonald's and uh, that was, you know, a ton of fun. And yeah. I had a lot of jobs from the time I was 14 until really I started my first company at 25. Wow. And um, it, was, it was quite the experience. Jeez. I mean, to even think about just 25 starting, it's funny you talk about with the McDonald's. It reminds me of, uh, you know, like even like the I played soccer and basketball growing up and how depending on which league you would be in is depending on your age. And you'd have to, quote unquote, you know, do a little white lie to either be in the league that's uh, before yeah. you. Uh, but hey, you know, it's it's something so special what you've done. And I just wanted to point this out is I asked, who is Vic Keller? And people can gloss over this or whatnot, and we will di definitely dive into the success and the impact and what you do and all these things. But you didn't say Vic Keller is this entrepreneur that has done this and that and, you know, founded 14 companies. You said Vic Keller is, you know, and is, is a son of Christ and is a husband to Alicia. Alicia, correct? That's right. And a father to Zach and your other son. And that right there, I think it's just so subtle, but it's the mindset that you have, and I believe is why you are so much, so much greater than what people have seen in the entrepreneur space. Because you don't identify as this entrepreneur, you identify as this amazing husband, father, and and son of God. And I think that's just so special. And I, I love allowing people to hear that so they can see 
like who this Vic Keller is. And yeah. I just wanted to really just acknowledge you on that. Well, I appreciate you recognizing that. I'll tell you, I am uh, also crazy driven and hard charging and fast moving. And there are a lot of times in my days and in my life that I forget what's most important. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of days that it's easy to sit here right now on this, you know, beautiful day and have a, a collective conversation. And, and for me to really explain to you um, where I want my identity to reside. But like everyone, there are times that I'm moving fast, I'm charging hard, yeah. I'm trying to build the next business, I'm trying to close the next deal, um, and, and I get wrapped up in, in the world. But um, you know, as I get older, um, I can tell you that there is a real clarity for me um, and not just who my, what my identity is or who my identity's in, yeah. but really the man that I wanna be. So, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's uh, you know, it's a daily challenge, right? I mean, I wake yeah. up every day and I look in the mirror and, and, and uh, you know, I see somebody that, that um, is passionate about loving people. Um, I also see a guy that's got a double chin and a bald head. Mm. And uh, so, I mean, I know I've got good self-awareness on where I am, but, you know, I definitely start every day understanding um, who I'm serving, our almighty God, and yeah. really what I want to do. But you get in the heat of the battle in the middle of the day yep. and you get a little bit distracted sometimes. And you're like, oh, man, I lost perspective. But yeah, but yeah I appreciate you recognizing that. It is, um, man, God has been just so sweet to me and my family. Um, and and uh, even when I've been less than sweet to him, he just loved me. So yeah. um, it's, yeah. it's special. That's so good. And for those listening here right now, if you're watching in YouTube, first off, you could see that we are in quite a spectacle of a place. We just have, you know, just a couple like uh, average cars behind us. Nothing, nothing special here, but beautiful place. But if you are listening, we do have the planes literally going by. You probably could hear this. So hope you don't mind that. And uh, because we are literally in a hangar right at the airport here in Orange County, which is just so awesome. Yeah, we're on runway 17 right here at John Wayne Airport. We're right here. So, so you got to understand this is part of the process hearing these planes go by. But Vic, take us back to you being 25, because I think this is so powerful because people see who Vic is today and they'll research you and they're like, holy moly, this is just crazy what you have done. But who were you at 25? What happened? What was the pivot that was the genesis to all this of what you've created? You know, um, Jake, it's, it's um, I think back to 25 and at 25, here's what I know. I was a, um, a young husband a young dad. I had two boys. Mm. Um, I was passionate. I was driven. I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't have any formal training. Um, but I really had a desire to build and to create and to make things. Mm -hmm. So um, I was working at JP Morgan Bank and uh, I had a great, great career there. Um, I was there right out of college and, um, and they treated me well. Um, they had amazing uh, professional development to allow me to learn a lot about being a professional in business, mm -hmm. but is what they didn't have is an entrepreneurial environment. Um, and, and primarily because banking has got a lot of regulations in it yeah. and, uh, you've got to, you've got to stay in the lane and a lot of rules. And, uh, I think I realized, you know, at, at that time in life that I wanted to go be a trailblazer and I wanted yeah. to go build unique things. So, um, I had an amazing mentor at the bank, um, a lady that, that today is a top, top executive at JP Morgan. And I remember going to her saying, uh, I think I'm going to go be an entrepreneur. I want to start my first business. And she said, well, I've got good news. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, I think you're going to be successful. And if it doesn't work out, you can always come back to the bank. Wow. And so 
I was like, oh, that's great. So I took the leap of faith. And uh, my leap of faith was really um, the story that you hear quite often uh, of the fact that I had no financial resources. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my parents loved me well, but but didn't have any resources to help me go be a uh, aspiring entrepreneur. So at that point in time, I, um, you know, didn't have an instruction manual, didn't have a lot of training, mm -hmm. certainly didn't have financial resources. But I said, I'm just going to go do this. And I started my first company and I did it with uh, debt and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, credit card debt and every other kind of debt that I personally could get my hands on. And, and that was the, um, you know, that was really how it all started. And what uh, what industry or what was that that company like, just for people getting an idea of it? Yeah, so um, I was in banking, right? Uh, yeah. But, you know, by the time I was 25, I had worked, uh, you know, as a fast food worker, as a grocery bagger, as a pizza delivery guy, mm -hmm. as a, um, uh, a lifeguard. I mean, I had all these different jobs and I really uh, paid attention to different industries. And um, when I went to, as a kid, um, when I would go over to my friends' houses, I, I love my friends and we'd hang out, but I was really intrigued by their parents. Mm. Um, so I always asked their parents, like, you know, yeah. what they did. And yeah. uh, I didn't stop there. I, would I could be, totally resonate with you on that. I was I, similar. Yeah, I would like, be like, well, why do you do this? Like old spirit. Like yeah. you, just, you just couldn't hang with the friends. You no, know? no. I yeah. love my friends, but I was really intrigued with their parents. Yeah. But I always would ask, you know, why they were doing something. And, uh, and, it, and it became interesting to me that a lot of them didn't have purpose, didn't have mission in what they were doing. They didn't really have why. Like, you know, I have this job and I'm providing for my family, and uh, mm -hmm. which was admirable. That was my, they were my parents, right? My mom uh, sells flooring. Uh, my stepdad's an automotive mechanic. Uh, my dad's an electrician. Um, you know, they, they, they did trade work and they always have worked really, really hard mm -hmm. and, um, and, and provided, you know, for our family through that work, but they didn't have a big missional vision um, when it came to careers. So mm. I'd go to, to, um, you know, my friend's houses and ask their parents what they did. I'd ask why. And then I would ask how mm. I really want to understand how, you know, what, like, how do you do what you do every day? If you're an accountant, how do you do it? If you're an engineer, how do you do it? If you work in, in management, how do you do it? And I wanted to, to really understand that. So by the time I was 25, I felt like I had a lot of information yeah, that I had stored I in my head. Um, I had no idea how to tactically execute. Um, but one of the industries I became uh, really familiar with was the automotive industry okay. and saw some opportunities in the automotive industry. And um, I was, you know, young and aspiring. Um, I had a, uh, a, a great, great uh, friend at that time um, who was also a mentor to some degree that had a background in the automotive industry. And he really encouraged me. And um, that was it. So I started wow. my first company. I love that, dude. That's like... I mean, I'm for, for anyone that's listening and I know I'm the same, it's, it's like, you're collecting all this data. You had no clue what that really meant. You were just curious, but curiosity allowed to this creation of this company because yeah. it gave you enough of an understanding. And, you know, that's kind of like my journey of how I've got to where I'm today is like, I just would go out and, and try to help and learn and grow and receive at the same time from all different areas, from all different spectrums. So then if you get one problem in one area, you could take a problem or a solution from somewhere else and apply it there, you know? And so that's so awesome to hear that you did that. But then people are probably thinking of like, okay, well, there's many people that have tried to start a company and this one was obviously hugely successful. What would you, what would you say that created the success of this first company? Like, what was it? Was it having the right mentor? Was it uh, you like just relentlessly working? Like, was there, how would you boil that down to yeah. your success on that one? You know, I think um, there are 
a few different fundamental uh, principles that I've um, gained uh, over the past 20 years of building companies. Um, and the first one is to, to know what you're good at, um, which when, when I was 25, I had no idea what I was good at, right? I knew I was aspirational. I knew I had a young mm -hmm. family to support. I knew I wanted the freedom of being an entrepreneur. Um, I, I knew I loved the mystery of not exactly knowing how things were going to turn out, but going after them. Um, you know, those were, those were really big for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also knew that I wasn't ever going to be an inventor. Mm. Um, I wasn't going to invent things. Um, and so I focused on innovation. Um, I read a great book when I was uh, 24 years old called The Experienced Economy. And uh, it may be the biggest, thickest book I ever read, but it talked about how everything was going to trend and emerge in business over the next many decades um, that were driven by experiential processes mm -hmm. um, and experiential um, environments. And so I, I would say a great analogy of that is if you think about an old school coffee shop, versus Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Now, the funny thing is, is in some regards, we like the old school coffee shop now and, and, and we want right. those old yeah. school coffee shops to reinvent themselves because we, you know, we see that as new and innovative, yes. even though, yeah. you know, it's, it's not so People always love the vintage. They love vintage the vintage, clothes, right? Yeah. But innovation was big for me. And I wanted to understand um, innovation in an industry. I wanted to take an industry that already existed, a marketplace that existed, products that already existed, and, and I wanted to drive innovation, efficiency, improvement, marketing, mm -hmm. branding, and strategy to that. Mm. And, uh, and I tell aspiring entrepreneurs all the time that the pressure of, of um, inventing something if you're an inventor, be an inventor. I have an amazing, I have my youngest son's an engineer and, mm. and I can tell he's always thinking about, you know, how to create and make something uh, and, and make it better as well. And, and I think that, you know, there's a great place for inventors, but I saw myself as an innovator. Mm. So I wanted to take industry, look at industries that existed, products that existed, think about how to make them better, more useful and bring that experiential piece to them. So that was one piece for me. And then the second one was, um, man, I love people. I love people. And, uh, and I love people for selfish reasons, I think. Yeah. I love people. Why is that? Well, I think I love people because their advancement and their growth brings me tremendous fulfillment. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, yeah, and I, I you know, I, it, it's something I can celebrate. Um, you know, I, I can tell you some days I'm, I'm, uh, you know, more excited to see somebody in the gym lifting a bunch of weights than I am to be there and lifting the weights, right? But <laughs> I probably I probably need to get next to them. But, but point being is I really like the development of people. So I focused on innovation, anything that was experiential. If you could mm -hmm. make it experiential, that was really, really uh, significant for me. And then bringing people in together, um, building teams that ultimately had the ability to... to um, take on the philosophy um, or the biblical principle of iron sharpening iron mm. and uh, professionally developing them. And so I focused on that. And those are really, those three things today are, are still what drive um, my passion, my desire, and what mm -hmm. I choose to do in business. So you would say that one of the huge things, because that was, that was a lot of great, great information, but one of the huge things that you've done is you didn't try to put your square peg in a round hole no. or opposite right yeah, yeah. you knew who you are there's a lot of people out there that say you should do this do that especially nowadays you could be almost anything in the yeah. sense of business wise but you knew that you were an innovator and you didn't want to go and do the inventions even though maybe people probably told you that and that was i think that's a key thing that people need to hear this it's like 
do not go and try to force yourself. Maybe for a little bit it'll work, but you'll either get burnt out, you'll feel defeated, you won't be as successful as you should be because you're trying to be something you're not. Yeah. And I could see that being a huge key piece that you just talked about. But the, the another one is the the people side. Can you expand more on that for someone that's listening that maybe has uh, a couple employees? Um, you know, maybe their 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 business is is, is about to boom, like they're doing. Yeah. You know, let's say uh, they're not doing ten figures, but they're doing like seven plus figures. Sure. How does people play into their business? Like what are some things they can think outside the box hearing from some someone from the U that's yeah. done 14 companies? Yeah, so let's talk a little bit. Uh, I'll go to people because it's so fun, but let's talk a little bit more about um, innovation. And, and if you really think about the opportunities to invent and create are extraordinary, um, yeah. but they're also limiting. Um, you know, we live in a very robust full world where there's a lot of products, a lot of solutions. But if you think about opportunities to make something that exists better and more experiential, um, you have endless opportunities. Yeah. So one great example would be, um, you know, the World Wide Web, the Internet as we know it today, was not created. Um, it, it was not created by um, Larry and Sergey at Google. Right. But they figured out how to innovate on this extraordinary robust platform and they created, you know, what we know today as really the dominant search engine. Yeah. And uh, which was absolutely fascinating. Right. So I would say being on the innovative side of business and being, uh, you know, an innovator is is uh, quite candidly sometimes far more rewarding than being mm. an inventor. Um, and if you look right now what, you know, chat GPT and other AI technologies are doing, um, you know, I think. Chat GPD and AI are going to be for um, our world what Google was for search. Mm. Um, and I think it's going to be really, really dynamic. So I would just, you know, I would encourage um, anybody that's aspiring to be, um, you know, successful, whether they're an entrepreneur, a professional, an innovator, or a creator, um, I, I would really encourage them to look at opportunities for innovation mm. um, um, because it's, it's a lot of fun. And there are a lot of people that have done a ton of hard work um, to invent something, but they really don't know how to take it to the next step of innovation. Right. So um, just couldn't couldn't encourage that more. Yeah. Your question about people and, and really um, someone that has a small team today um, or maybe even a larger team, um, what are, yeah, I call it the game behind the game, right? I focus on what is the game behind the game. Um, and, and it's not just what meets the eye, but it's really what's behind the scenes, what's really driving um, you know, the success in, in these areas. Yeah. And so kind of what is that playbook? Um, when it comes to talent and people, I, I believe as an employer that has learned along the way, um, you're always looking for, I remember as a young guy, I was always looking for someone that was tenacious and driven and relentless and worked really hard. Mm. And as I've gotten more experience, I've gotten a little bit, um, um, maybe a little bit more greedy in what I want. I want somebody to have all those tendencies, but also to have right. a desire to be um, intellectual and to learn and, and to grow. Um, I mean, listen, when I started my first business, I went to my three or four best friends in the world and told them that we were going to go build something amazing. I had no idea if we were or we weren't. I had no clue. But I sold those guys, you know, hardcore <laughs> that we, we were going to go do something big. Yeah. And in uh, today, you know, I'm still capable of doing that, but I... I I'm a little bit more selective in the people yeah. that I work with. So, um, you know, I would say that that the question, and here's the paradigm. If you hire someone, um, one of the things that has happened, I guess, for probably, you know, 100 plus years now, is you get a job description, 
Yes. And, yeah. and that job description is very much about what the employer wants the employee to do with them yeah. or for them. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, Man, I don't think that's the way to start out any relationship. So I mean, did he say that? I, I've been married for 26 years, and I can tell you, if I gave my wife an instruction manual on what she needed to do to be a good wife for me, it's just not going to work out, mm. right? Um, so I would encourage anyone that has the opportunity to bring on, recruit talent to focus on what's important to the person that they're going to have on their team. So one of the things that we love to do, and 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 we talk about in all the businesses that I'm involved with is not a job description, but a journey description. Mm. So a journey description is really how can we align the objective and the goals that we have for the businesses that we're building with your objective and goals. And it could be a career path, it could be titles, it could be compensation, but it could also be taking your family on a trip to you know, Europe. Um, it could be a lot of different things. And we wanna measure the milestones so we have integration between really um, what we're trying to accomplish as a business yeah. and what you wanna accomplish as an individual. So this is where, and I'm trying to think tangibly here on this, so journey description, this is where you have the milestones of the business like you described. So you still have, what, what would that be? Instead of it just being a job description, what are like the milestones that you would have on there? Yeah. So milestones could be um, what the macro objectives are for, for the company. Okay. Um, I, I don't ever want uh, someone that works in one of our businesses to not be clear on what the strategy and the mission is of the business because we want everyone to be missional focused, yeah. right? We don't want them to feel like mercenaries. Yes. We want them to feel like we're on a common mission. So the focus is more about where the company's going instead of what the role is exactly of what they should be doing step absolutely. by step. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna tactically get into what their role is, ultimately what the, you know, our expectations and, and the, the outcomes are ultimately most important, right? Yeah. And so we're gonna talk about those outcomes, but we want everyone to feel some harmony and yeah. working together. Um, and then we bring that life component in, you know, what's important to you? What is in, you know, what you may say, Hey, I'd, you know, you could be a young professional say, I hope to have a big family. Um, or I'm, you know, trying to meet the right guy or the right girl or whatever it Wait, may which be. Let's be real. These people, even me, for example, if I saw that, I've never been asked that before, especially if I was going to go in and get a job position. So yeah. you've just doing that just like ignites a spark within them of like, one, they feel like they're probably cared for. Two, they probably never talked about their dreams before until now. And three, they actually can see how the work integrates with their their mission and they feel like they're part of the unit instead yeah. of, like you said, a mercenary. Yeah. Like, that's profound. Well, I you know, I appreciate you saying that. The, 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 the inspiration is that um, most people that I've worked with um, are not in it for the money. And, um, and, and you would say, well, you know, everyone ultimately takes on employment so they can gain the financial resources to support their livelihood. Mm -hmm. But in today's world, and I don't just think in today's world, I think in the right world, mm -hmm. um, you know, people are macro missionally focused on what they want. And just telling someone, hey, I've got a great career opportunity for you. You're going to get stock options. You're going to get this pay plan. Um, that is not what's going to drive them. Right. Um, and, and if they're the kind of person we want to work with, um, they're community oriented and a community yeah. could be your friends. It could be your family. Um, and I can tell you that, that, you know, people that have a strong community, again, could be friends, could be family, could be both. Um, the expectation that their friends and family have of them doesn't have anything to do with money. Mm. It has to do with their heart, 
It has to do with their mission. It has to do, are they fun to be around? Are they funny? Are they serious? What are they, right? So for us to try to isolate and just make it about financial elements of the business, um, I think is going to keep us from getting the best people. And, and as I said a, a few minutes ago, there's nothing that is more exciting than working with people um, that you want to work with. Yeah. But you Amen better engineer your business and your mission and your strategy to attract those people. Because if you think that you're going to go out and offer people a job description and a pay plan and that they're going to get an emotional mindset with you and they're going to help you build the so business. So good you're talking about this. It's not going to happen. It's And it's there's a lot of listeners right now, maybe even the one listening to this right this second, they are mission driven, but they haven't been taught how to have their team be mission driven. So they want this, but they're giving them job descriptions yeah. and they're making them feel like they're a nine to five employee mercenary. So you touching on this, this is, this is huge. And, you know, there's actually, there's a, there was a big study that was done to back up what you were saying, where, uh, especially Gen Z's around in their, you know, late twenties and thirties, um, that they, they were polled and they asked, Hey, if your current job, if you got a new position that was higher pay, would you, would you go? And what they found is that majority of the people would go to the higher paying job if they felt like there was no bigger mission for the company they're at. And so that helped me understand so much because I would be concerned so much. Like I was like compensation matters the most and I need to make sure they they could see the vision of the compensation. And yes, that's important. But studies have shown that if people feel like they're part of the mission, they understand where you're going, they will not go take that higher paying job because they'd rather be part of something bigger themselves than just getting a paycheck. Yeah. And that's like, it just backs up everything you're saying. So this is, this is so good. This is tactical. Like uh, you listening right now, like take these things and see and ask yourself, how can I restructure my next job hire? How can maybe that person I just hired a couple months ago, how can I sit down with them for an hour and say, Hey, I want to do like a progress check and I want to, you know, see how they're doing and also remind them the purpose is like to remind them of what the mission is and be like, did you know that we have this? I want to make sure you understand you're part of this. Like that would be something that I think could really shift the dynamic of company cultures. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, hundred percent. And it's, it's, um, when you think about things that are missionally driven and, and, and really what that looks like, um, it's consistency is the, is the action. Mm -hmm. Um, consistency is the action. So it's not just making a statement of we're going to be a missional organization and we want everyone to know what's going on. It's truly engineering the business and the community and the culture in a way that everyone feels like they're part of the mission. So, you know, think about this. If you're going to throw a Super Bowl party and, and you're going to invite people that you work with over, um, you know, one of the great ways to think through this strategically is, are those people you want to be around and you're going to hang out with and you're going to, are you going to be comfortable? Um, or is it going to feel like, you know, maybe a, a holiday with some extended family members that you never really see that they're not super excited mm -hmm. about seeing you. You're not super excited about seeing them. Um, you know, is it a community? Is it integrated? Um, are these people that you can do life with and be real with and be authentic with? And, and uh, you know, Jake, I, I think all of this manifests itself from love. Mm. I mean, it all manifests itself from love. And, and um, if you can get uh, to know people's heart, and you can get to know their story. And, uh, and I say this often, but I just, I live by it and I mean it. But if you really take the time to do that, um, you are gonna have a bond and a connection and you're gonna have a mission even in business that's like no other. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it's uh, not easy to get to know people's heart. 
And yeah. uh, especially in today's world, we live in a pretty protected society. Yes. Um, so you have to be very intentional about it. So, you know, I, I you could tactically go through the journey description course to, um, you know, versus a job description and all these other strategic measures. measures. But um, at the end of the day, it, it's I think this is a heart thing. Yeah. And I just I believe it is. And if yeah. you look at, uh, you know, the greatest leaders and the greatest, greatest business builders that are out there and you really peel it back and you figure out what's going on. Um, and in most cases, you're going to see um, a servant heart. Yeah, that's and, you know, our, our great friend and mentor, you know, Tony Robbins, he says that the biggest the biggest uh, two biggest fears are the two biggest concerns any human has to the base level. It's the fear of rejection and the fear of not being loved. Yeah. And so, and we can both agree business is a spiritual game, I'm sure. hundred oh, percent. And so, you know, for anyone, and it doesn't matter what your beliefs are here, I, if you're in business, you have to understand that there is more than just the material side of things, the, the business tra- transactions. There's, there's, like you said, the community. The, and if you're working by yourself or you're an engineer or solo, like you are still creating something that will create an emotional impact to a customer, consumer. But like you- Can, can, I, can I hit on that please, a little bit? Yes, yeah. yes. So y- you think about building a team and building a business, um, being part of a team um, or being part of a business, um, you know, rather whichever side you're on, you th- everyone always thinks about the, the uh, financial implications of doing these different things strategically in business. And and I like to think about what can we do that absolutely cost nothing more. Um, it costs nothing more, but it's a change in attitude, it's a change in mindset, and it has to be authentic. Mm-hmm. But if you embody a, um, a mindset um, and really just a passion of love, if you show people love and compassion and empathy and humility and authenticity, if you can do that, and again, the authenticity, it has to be authentic. Yeah. But if you can do that, it's absolutely the most you know amazing strategic uh, uh, position you could have in any business. And you know, I talk about love and professionalism. It doesn't cost anything more to operate with a lens and a language and a spirit of love. It doesn't mm-hmm. cost anything more, and it doesn't cost anything more to be professional. Um, and, and, you know, when I talk about being professional, that's written communication, that's verbal communication, that's presentations, that's the way we act and who we are. But if you think about that, if you're aspiring, even if you're, you know, one person, but you're trying to attract ultimately the greatest talents or the greatest customers, I've just never seen anyone face, um, the most painful levels of rejection if they're able to operate with a core of love and they're able to be professional. How, how do you, I, I, I think the authentic part is so important. Like someone listening, they're like, okay, I know I should be a more authentic and all that, but how do you become more authentic? Man, it's a hard thing. I mean, for me, it's, for me, it's Jesus Christ. Mm. I mean, for me, it's the Holy Spirit. For me, it's the conviction of not being authentic. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I choose to not live in a world that I am numb in. Uh, I want to be alive and I want to learn. And, um, you know, I think that that means I have to keep my relationship with God intact and strong. Um, and, and I can tell you when I stray away from that, um, is when I don't operate with a spirit or a lens or a language of love, Mm. um, is when I'm away for that. So, um, look, I think you have to do a lot of self work, um, you know, in that area. And, and, you know, it's, you 
you can't just tell someone how to be authentic. Uh, it's a heart thing. Yes. It's a heart thing. Yeah. And, uh, and look, I am, <laughs> people that are on my team will tell you, I have the ability to drop, you know, maybe the, the, some of the longest, um, string of F-bombs that you've ever heard, right? So, I mean- The faith it, bombs, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They may not be faith <laughs> bombs, may not be faith bombs, but, you know, I, I tell people often, I, I, I have the privilege, this unbelievable privilege to serve um, as a board member for uh, an international church planning organization that just um, is, is extraordinary called Acts 29. And uh, some of the most profound, extraordinary pastors in the world are on this board. And then they have one business guy, they have me. And uh, I think they just have me there because every once in a while I drop an F-bomb and I shock everybody and freak <laughs> them out. But, you know, at the end of the day, look, you're, it's not, this isn't going to be kumbaya and everything's yeah. always wonderful and special. Um, listen, you can ask my wife and kids. Um, you know, I have the ability to, to lose my patience and to say things that I wish I didn't say. However, however, um, because of God and because of the Holy Spirit, I'm convicted by those things yes. that I say and do. Yes. And let me tell you, I circle back you know, a lot and, and say, Hey, I'm sorry. I love you. Um, and I'll tell my employees, I love them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, really repair that. Um, I don't want them to just get over it and move on. Yeah. Um, that, that isn't good for anyone. So, um, you know, there, there is a level of accountability yeah, there is. that comes from saying that you're an authentic person, that you're a loving person. Um, there's, there's accountability there and yeah. you need to be mindful of that accountability. And I would say, if you choose to uh, have a strategic mission of operating with a spirit of love, but you don't want to be held accountable to it, then it's not authentic. Mm. It's not authentic, right? You've got to be held accountable to it. And ultimately for me, you know, I've got the most powerful accountability partner yes, out there. You do. And we uh, both do. And for anyone that also, and, and he's an accountability partner for everyone. It's yeah. only if you want him to be your accountability yeah. partner. No, he will wear my ass out if I misstep, I can tell yeah. you. Right? I mean, people... You know, there are a lot of times that I'm sweating and I'm not wondering why. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, God is on me right now. So he's always on Dude, me. Dude, it's so good you're saying this. And it's actually, let's let's let this transition into, um, you know, it's it's evident what, what you just described, being authentic, the love. And, and you tell your your, uh, your people that work with you, coworkers and employees, that you love them. And yeah. you obviously embody Jesus and you allow his love and teachings to come through you. But is there, how does faith play into all the success you've, you've created, the impact, especially on the, the company side? Is there anything specific that you've done that um, you have like an example of uh, people know what, how your faith plays in or how do you bring your faith into the company without being repulsive or, mm -hmm. you know, um, excluding certain people? Like, do you have any stories on that? You know, I don't, Jake, I don't think I have any um, super pointed stories. I'm, I'm. I had the great, great privilege to, to helping lead. I got to help lead an organization that had um, 11,000 employees that was under, um, you know, one of the biggest uh, flags in business, one of the biggest brands in business and um, did, did 11 billion in revenue. And, and um, I, I had, you know, a very significant role there. And yeah. uh, there were a lot of big events that, that I would host or be involved with, um, with hundreds or a thousand people, whatever it may be. And um, there were, you know, a few things that, that happened um, that were special in that environment. One is that um, I always took the opportunity uh, to make sure that, you know, I gave the recognition to mm. God when I could and when it was appropriate. 
And being an entrepreneur that's a little bit rebellious every once in a while, there were times that I probably freaked all the HR people out in the organization. We had hundreds of HR folks, and um, I think I'd freak them out when, you know, I'm saying, hey, we're going to, you know, pray for this meal. And, and uh, you know, I, I, that prayer may have, turned, may have turned into an altar call by the time I was done. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, um, I, I've always, you know, done that. But I will tell you this. Um, the one of the most special gifts um, that I believe God has revealed to me um, throughout my business career is when I encounter someone that that says, "Hey, there's something different about you. Mm-hmm. There's something you know unique about you. What is it?" And uh, the only thing I know to tell them, I mean, I have an amazing family and, you know, um, you know, I can tell you it's not my full head of hair they're complimenting on because I don't have any. Right. But um, it's it's God. It's the spirit of Christ. Right. That's that's it. So um, I don't know that I have a pointed or strategic way um, to to. Live that out missionally in business like one thing, I think it's everything. Yeah, I think it's everything. But, you know, people know me again for, for who I am and my missteps as well. But, um, you know, the the Holy Spirit keeps me in line. And, yeah. and uh, as I said, I, you know, always want to come back to righteousness. So when someone says there's something different about you, like no matter who they are, or what they say, like you're straight up and you just you you tell them that. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think I know what they're saying. Yeah. You know, I think I know what they're saying. I think it's a, I think it's a trust, but verify thing for them. Mm. I think they're trusting that there's probably something spiritual and they're going to come ask me. And let me just tell you, I mean, my answer is it's God. Mm. It always is. And I can't tell you, you know, how many times that's happened. And, and quite candidly, it brings me to tears uh, because it's, you know, that, that God would use, you know, such a average guy like me to be able to uh, advocate something different. So um, listen, I want to be clear. I've stood up in, in front of large groups as well and challenged them on things in business. And they probably didn't uh, see God in me. And in, in some of those times are like, this guy is yeah. a hard charging. Well, do you think people saw, guy. do you think people saw Jesus uh, as the son of God when he's flipping tables? And, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like yeah, and going yeah. crazy. And, but it was, it was in those moments that kept him authentic. It was out of, pure love in that sense and he also has to bring judgment right yeah. it's not so much just you have to be the yeah. the, the, the cheerleader for yeah. the company you have to bring judgment you have to keep direction or else through the laws of nature things would just naturally dissipate well right? and people and people want leadership they want yes. people want leadership people want leadership people want guidance i think i think one of the the really lost um arts of business today is um the mindset that that people don't want accountability, that they don't want management, that they don't want leadership, that they don't want structure, that they do. I mean, I can tell yeah. you, I, you know, I have a, a 23 and a 26 year old, two sons that are both in the workforce. And I know how important it is for them to have good managers that guide them, that develop them, that hold them accountable. And I can tell you when I see young people working in an environment, especially driven, motivated ones that don't have um, that, that synergy, yeah. uh, of having great leadership or great management. Um, you know, I hate that for them. So, you know, accountability is, uh, and sometimes it's tough, right? Um, you know, I can tell you, I mean, you know, you're, you're obviously a huge proponent uh, of fitness and, and I can tell you that, you know, I've never seen a great trainer that goes to the gym that, you know, hands you an ice cream bar and says, Hey, let's walk around and look at this equipment. I hope it works out. 
right? Yeah. You've got a mission, you've got a strategy, it's man, it's a Very managed true. process. And you know, you probably don't exactly love each other, you know, during the way, right? That trainer's looking yeah. at you going, what the heck's wrong with you? And you're looking at them going, why are you killing me? And uh, you know, so business is much the same is, is it's not, it's not all a bed of roses. Um, but again, um, if it's missionally driven, and you all know that you're going, um, you know, in the same direction and what you're going for. I believe that that's um, a recipe for success. It's good. What would you say now that we're on the topic of leadership? What would you say your top uh, advice strategy for once again an entrepreneur listening? They already got leadership going on, but what would be from someone like you that's seen so much? What would you say for for leadership advice? So. We live in an interesting time where everyone wants to be a leader and everyone wants to talk about leadership. And I have, I have studied leadership since I was a young man. I started reading business books when I was 14 years old. And, and I look at, you know, some extraordinary um, developers of leaders. I mean, look at the John Maxwells of the world. Look at Peter Drucker. Look at some of the modern day extraordinary CEOs mm-hmm. that we see, uh, entrepreneurs. And leadership is, um, is, really important, but I think something that's been lost and missed is management. Mm-hmm. And um, my my wife, um, who has been an extraordinary mom, but hasn't worked really in the professional world, um, short of having to listen to me talk about business for, you know, 26 years, she, she shared something with me uh, I, just uh, last week. And she said, you know, without good management, leaders leave people. Mm. And if you think about that, if you're a leader and you're all about your leadership, there's a lot of people that are going to get left behind because they don't have the tactical skills and knowledge and information that they need from management that's going to allow them to trend with a leader. So in in the way I break that down um, is whether you're a solopreneur, have a couple people, whatever it is, focus on management as much as leadership. Hmm. Because you can be a leader and you could tell people, hey, we're going to go climb this hill. We're going to make it to the top of the hill. We're going to go. And you can be inspiring. But let me just tell you, inspiration without knowledge is nothing. Inspiration with knowledge is transformation. It's complete transformation. So when you think about management, think about how you can help people create outcomes and how you can give them a map and be a guide. Um, And I think a lot of times... I think leadership sometimes feels a little bit like a guru syndrome, yeah. right? Uh, of, of, hey, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to say the right things. But in today's world, the smart people that I see in the workforce um, and, and that are building businesses, they want, think about all the tools we love, all the technological tools we like for efficiency, optimization, organization, that those are functions of management. Yes. So the first thing I would say is if you're going to be a great leader, understand how to be a great manager. Yes. And you may not be a great manager. I, I am not a great manager, um, but I have focused relentlessly on trying to give the people that work on my teams the tools that they need to allow them to be um, effective in the areas that, that a manager would touch. Yeah. And then also I've hired a lot of great people that are great managers. That dude, you know, while you're saying that, I'm, I'm having all these aha moments like, dude, this is, this is so good, this is so good. Uh, I believe, like you said, it kind of has almost like that guru-like syndrome. I believe with what you just shared here, leadership to its core is only when it is 
someone motivating plus with management because they have to motivate to a mission, they have to guide, they have to direct, but they have to have management. I feel like a lot of people that feel like they're leaders nowadays, they're more motivators because they don't have the management side. They know how to motivate, be a cheerleader. They look like they're, you know, especially with social media, it allows for anyone to do these motivations. Yeah. Anyone could be a motivator on when they feel motivated. Yeah. Right. So I feel like that there's, there's, there's this misconstruity of like people think they're leaders, but they're motivators because like you said, they are leaving a lot of people behind. Yeah. And they need that management and that system that makes them actual leaders. Yeah. It's, it's something I'm crazy passionate about. Wow. And, 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 I can tell. Yeah, I'm crazy because I believe that that um, you know there are a lot of times through my life that that I followed leadership, but I didn't have the tools and resources um, to be effective. And ultimately, I was inspired, I was motivated, yes. which is so important. But I didn't have a map. Mm. I didn't have a guide. I didn't know where to go. Um, a gentleman that that you and I uh, both uh, you know know uh, invited me to to one of his. He personally invited me to one of his seminars here uh, just a few months or a month ago. And, uh, and I'd never been to, to anything like that. Like personal and, development wise. Yeah. Personal yeah. development, fresh level. I'd never been, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go check it out. Which is so wild because you like, for anyone listening to be like, this guy's just getting in the personal development world. They're like, what? Yeah. Like you, you, you seem like you are just so equipped, but that's cool. That's the cool thing is you got it all from the business side. And now you're about to just. Completely- well, I've had, I, I want to be clear. I've had a, I have been a seeker of professional and personal help my whole career. Okay. I mean, I have studied, you know, people talk about mentorship. And my strategy on mentorship is if you want a great mentor, do something amazing for the person that you want to mentor you. Mm. Don't just ask them how um, or if they could mentor you. Don't So for me, it's always been about what could I do for people that I wanted to be around and learn from? Because ultimately, if I deliver value to them, they're going to make a great deposit in yes. me. And I'm not saying that you, it always has to be a value exchange. Yeah. Um, but I will say a value exchange seems to work out pretty well. Yeah, especially um, when it's you giving more value on the upfront. Because yeah, then you give that yeah, extraordinary value. Yeah. But continue so I've, I've, been, I've been a student my whole life of, of uh, really understanding um, what allows people to be successful, deconstructing success. Mm. Um, you know, I figured out... Uh, early on in life that that I could learn from mistakes, but I couldn't strategically plan mistakes. And I didn't want to, right? So think of mistakes as defense, um, but deconstructing success as offense. And so for me, it's what's making you successful. I really want to understand that. And uh, if I learn from my mistakes and your mistakes along the way, the more the merrier, but I can't plan for it. So um, back to the point about, you know, self-help, personal development, professional development, got invited to this seminar and uh, never been to one. And, uh, and I was a little bit apprehensive. You know, I yeah. was like, what's this going to be about, right? Um, is this going to be an inspirational s- scenario? Because if it's inspiration, I just need to go to church. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, that's that, good. That, that, like that's that. where I need to go get inspiration, like that, right? Because that'll keep me. I might be using that one. For all right. <laughs> well, that'll that'll keep me focused on what I really need to be focused yes. on, right? And I've never left, you know, after, you know, listening to a good hour of worship and a great sermon and not been inspired, right? I'm always inspired. Yeah. You just want to keep that with you forever. So I go to this uh, personal development seminar and I left there just absolutely blown away with how tactical this gentleman was yeah. in delivering not just inspiration, but true knowledge um, that was going to allow people to have transformational scenarios in their life. And and uh, I really am a, a huge believer that in order to have transformation, you have to have knowledge and inspiration. Yeah. You've got to have them both. And, um, you know, that, that for me 
um, was it was pretty eye opening because it was fun to see um, how fired up a few thousand people were. Yeah. About getting better and improving and developing. And I'll tell you, I, I told the gentleman that hosted this event, um, I told him directly, I said, I think I want to hire every single person that's here. And he's like, well, Vic, there's like, you know, a couple thousand people in this room, but then there's 22,000 people watching from home. And I'm like, well, look, I can't hire them all, but you know, I want to, I want to hire the best ones. And the funny story is the funny story is I left that event after a couple of days and I hired a new gentleman that's on my team today yeah. because I got to know him through a little group that we had uh, where we worked on a project during that event. And so um, I have a, a, a lot of uh, admiration and respect for people that use their own free time um, to go get um, development and yeah. help. Um, I just, my prayer for them is that they don't show up at, at a charlatan event where it's just a bunch of inspiration. Yes. Yeah, you know, just that is the way you describe that and to hear your input and feedback on that because those same events were the things that helped to pivot my life and see bigger, but also know how to take massive action and not just get inspired, but take that inspired and act on it. Yeah. And, um, you know, God just works in such beautiful ways. That same gentleman I knew as well. And that's how we actually came together and, and got to meet it's yeah. because, and it's like all these little dots are so close. And, you know, for you listening right now with him, just sharing this, you know, here's this incredible man going to experience this event. And this could be any event, right? Any type of networking event. Obviously these were one of the best. You never know who you can meet. You met your, your, that gentleman that now is working with you and you guys are going to be doing incredible works together. Who are you going to meet when you know, you're at these events? Some people are so afraid to go out there because they feel like they're not worthy enough. They need to be more prepared. They, they're not ready to mingle. But like, let's be real. That will always be a, a finish line. You keep pushing back and let that moment of this, these in, interactions that Vic had with this, this gentleman and maybe many other people. And, and now, you know, interactions that you have with, uh, I'm sure you're going to be doing, uh, going to maybe another event down the road, like you're going to meet incredible people out there. And to be honest, Vic, I, I didn't get to share the story with you behind the scenes. Um, but my life, when I was at my first event like that, and I was actually sitting in the nosebleeds, I went with one of my business partners. She invited me last minute. My business partner, she, back when I was a personal trainer lifetimes ago, uh, in Hawaii, she, um, she, she was in an ATV accident uh, while in Utah and fell off the cliff, uh, snapped her spine in half. The ATV fell on her and she's been in a wheelchair ever since. Mm. And for, the, for seven years, she came back to Hawaii and all that. For seven years, she's never been in the gym. And when I left nursing to become a personal trainer, she was someone that came in within three months and was like, I got nominated to be Miss Wheelchair Hawaii and I need to get fit. I feel terrible. Like I've never been in the gym since I got injured. And you know, some of my listeners know this story, but we helped to transform her body. I was like, I've, I've never worked with someone with a spinal cord injury, but I'll find a way. And 12 weeks go by and she's been blogging it and thousands of people with spinal cord injuries were blown away about the transformation. And we created this little movement in that area, but she's the one that invited me to one of these events. And we were sitting up in the general missions. I had no clue what this is, very similar how you are. But we had to sit separately because she had to be uh, in the quote unquote disabled section. And she hates that word, yeah. um, but that's what they call it. And 30 minutes go by and she calls me up and she's like, Jay, look down at the, the front of the stage where you were sitting. Yeah. And she was like, 
She's like, I got a guest ticket. The, the guy helping me, the crew member, like I was asking, how do I get down there? What do I have to do? All the quality questions. Yeah. And I was like, well, see if you can get me one. And it was 10 minutes before uh, Tony was coming on stage. And, um, and she, she was like, I got you an extra ticket. And so I like was running down, like as the price is right from the freaking nosebleeds. <laughs> That's great. But the reason why I shared this story, cause that set me onto an entire new trajectory because of proximity, being around high quality people, yeah. people I would have never even imagined meeting because I was in an environment like that where they're all high energy, high frequency, everyone's meeting each other, working partnerships. I became friends with some very high quality people that that believed in the mission, believed in impact. And part of the reason why I'm here today speaking on stages, working all these different companies is because of that. Proximity is power, as you've heard before. And I just wanted to share that because this man right here understands it so well. You've been around so many people in different spaces yeah. to be in that proximity. So I just I just love hearing that story of what you're doing on that. And yes. yeah, I, I just comment on proximity. Um, I have worked relentlessly um, throughout my career to be around winners um, and, and people that have accomplished great things. Um, and, and I think that that falls into the category of proximity, of, yeah. of seeking proximity. Yes. Um, and, and it is absolute gold. Um, but Jake, I have to tell you something that I've learned in the past few years is that when you think about proximity, um, we all need to not just think about people that have made it, but we need to think about people that have the aspirations to make it. Mm. They want to make it. So um, for me, I like to find myself in environments where people are like-minded um, and equally yoked if possible, but like-minded in the sense that they ultimately um, want to be uh, more successful. They're intellectually curious. They want to learn more. Um, that, that for me is really motivating. Um, just yesterday, I had the amazing privilege to speak uh, for, uh, at a private event um, for a few hundred people um, here in Orange County. And, and the, it was invite only. And the people that were, that were there were some of the most um, successful um, AI engineers in the world. Um, for the biggest, you know, for Meta, for Google, for these companies. Um, and there were also some folks there that do work with NASA. And there were also people there that do nonprofit uh, missionary work. I mean, it was an extraordinary group of people. I don't know that there was anybody in that room that you would see their name up in the lights. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Definitely up in the lights, um, you know, from God's perspective, because yeah. we're all in the lights, right? Yeah. And we're in his light. And, and but, but, but I would say that for me, being around intellectually curious people that want to learn, that want to get better, that are making uh, an investment in themselves, that is proximity. Mm. That is proximity. So I think when we think about proximity, sometimes we think about, hey, I want to you know, be around this influencer, this big name person or whomever they yeah. may be. And, you know, I think we all have that natural gravitational pull yes. um, to, to go to where critical mass is, to go to where the flywheel is, to go to where inertia is. Um, but sometimes that's not attainable. But even when it is attainable, it's not always valuable, mm -hmm. right? The value for me in my career has been, and, and my personal and professional life, has been around being around people that are intellectually curious, that want to get better and want to improve. And um, I love those people because we can build anything together. Yeah. So um, I just, 
really think that's important when we're thinking so, about proximity. It's great that you shine a light on that. When you were in that room with these intellectual people and you were- Man, I felt dumb. I was going to say, so you were, you, were speaking, <laughs> you were speaking there, correct? I was speaking, yeah. So, I mean, I would love to hear just a little bit of insight of you because you've spoken on stages of 10,000, spoken to entrepreneurs, people that are obviously happy clappers. Like, yeah. But for someone that's, they're all intellectually so just like unique and it's, it's, it was a couple hundred people only. Like, what did you have, to, what was going through your mind? What did you have to think of? Like, when you're sharing your story, was there anything you had to tweak a little bit to better, like, resonate? Like, I'd love to hear just a little bit of... Uh, well, the first thing, um, and forgive my language, is it's not an environment where you want to convey much bullshit. Because these people, <laughs> these people will laugh you right off the stage, right? So, yeah. uh, there was, it wasn't, it wasn't about selling. It was about effectively communicating uh, pragmatic and logical information that ultimately could be utilized to produce outcomes mm. versus just inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. They were rich on the knowledge side, but I'll tell you, it's, uh, it, it's kind of funny you asked this. So I, um, it was a Q and A and, and I spent 25 minutes or so answering questions, uh, about different business things, complex business things. These are really smart people. Mm -hmm. And, and I was sharing, uh, some practices and, tactical expertise that I have just around building businesses. And uh, the gentleman that was moderating the event, which was is an exceptional human being, he um, recognized that my 26-year-old son, Zach, was there. And uh, he, was, he was sitting, Zach was sitting next to me during the event before I went up on stage. And so I was about halfway through this time of talking about business and uh, about building businesses and, and scaling and how to create operating leverage and how to get margin expansion and how to you know just do all the fun tactical things in business. Yeah. The, the gentleman that was interviewing me said, do you mind if Zach comes up here, my son, uh, who has never been on a stage in his life like that, right? And, uh, and, and so Zach comes and sits next to me and here I am on this stage, I've got my 26 year old son who, you know, is one of my best friends that I love dearly, but I am scared to death about what, what they're going to ask him and what he's going to say. So, the, <laughs> so the, the commentator, Dave, he looks at him and he says, Hey, you know, what's Vic like as, as a dad? Oh no. <laughs> that was the first question. First question. What's, what's it like to have Vic as and a dad? And you're probably just like, Oh, what I'm like, man, this is going to, this, this is going to be interesting. And, uh, and I've really never heard Zach. I mean, we were very close, so it wasn't odd, yeah. but I've never heard him have to answer that question. Yeah. And, um, and he answered it, uh, very sincerely. And then the next question was, do you feel like you have, um, quite candidly unrealistic expectations for yourself because your dad is a high achiever and driven. And, and, and he said, you know, his answer was no, that's, that's not the identity that we have in our home and our life. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's not about that. Um, and so, um, there were a lot of wet eyes in that room, but none that were as much as me. Mm -hmm. But my, my point in bringing that story up is that at the end of the day, the most valuable conversation that happened while I was on stage and talking mm -hmm. was the conversation around, what's it like to be an extraordinary, um, you know, an extraordinary son, meaning Zach for me as his dad, what does that look like? Cause Zach's extraordinary. Yeah. Um, he really is. And so that was what it's about. So it comes back to heart. I'm in a room with the smartest, most extraordinary people that are in business today and, um, doing great research around AI. And as I said, many other things, but is what really 
um, mattered the most to them was what is the relationship like that I have with my son? How does my son see me and how do we communicate and, and what does that look like and how does our family unit operate? And so that's where I say, you know, people try to make um, um, their work life and their personal life separate. And really, I think a, a proper integration of that is going to be more valuable for everyone. So good, man. So that that moment was I'm, I'm sure it was really special having was that the first time he was up on stage with you oh yeah never yeah. happened before yeah yeah what did that mean to you like just what? did that paint something in your head of what's possible of what you guys could create moving forward or just seeing yeah i think do? i i think that it um it was a reminder for me that here i am on stage speaking to some of the brightest minds in the world and you know i'm i definitely was on point to share uh, strategic business concepts with mm -hmm. them. Um, but at the end of the day is what mattered most again was them seeing the relationship that I had with my son. And, and I believe that, um, it br brought a level of authenticity. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and transparency. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, 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 and people look groups generally, my opinion is groups, large groups of people, um, have a compounding, um, ability to detect authenticity or not. Yes. Right. Oh, the meters are so everybody's, like everybody's nowadays. thinking the same. They may not say it. Yeah. Um, so for me, the reminder was, man, just be yourself and be real and be authentic. And, and if it's good enough for God, it should be mm. good enough for anyone. So, um, it was inspiring and motivating. And, and, um, you know, it makes me think of, of, it makes me think of the, the multiplier effect, which is something, you know, yeah. I'd love to share my concept with you on that Please. at some point. Uh, would you like to speak on it now? Yeah. I mean, I, I so we live in a world of um, 10x, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I don't mean a world of everyone's thinking 10x, but everybody's thinking, how can I be better? How can I be, you know, the, the, the fastest, the leanest, the sharpest, the very best at everything they do. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, a lot of that gravitational pull is into professional development, not just personal development. Mm. And quite candidly, uh, the prerequisite of professional development is personal development. Mm. Um, so it is important. We all, the, the price of admission um, for those of us that are high achievers are, are that, or for anybody, is that we, I think we should desire to be our best self. Um, but the challenge is that no matter how good you are, Jake, no matter how good I wanna be, I'm one person. Yeah. And, and, and the multiplier is not 10 X. I'm not going to be able to make myself 10 times more of anything. Trust me, if I could, I'd have a full head of hair. So it's not, you're not going to be 10 X at anything. The greatest multiplier that we have, um, is the ability to help others improve and develop. Mm. And so the, the game behind the game is really not about you being, 120 percenter are you being 10 times better than you are today it's about you being really a vehicle of knowledge and inspiration for other people around you that you can develop and and for me um you know as i as i go to events and have the privilege to to speak with people um and gain insights and information from them it's more about where can i share that and how can i help others grow yeah. um, that's that is what's most powerful how would you transcribe the multiplier effect to your, like, let's say, for example, even Zach? Yeah. Like, what, what, what would that be? Like, if there was one thing that you can 
leave with him or how are you playing that into this dynamic with your son? Yeah, I, um, for my kids, number one is their faith, right? I want them to have like strong faith um, because I am, you know, I'm, I'm so, the greatest title I have is husband and dad, but uh, I'm never going to be a perfect husband or a perfect dad. The good news is um, God is a perfect dad. Right. He is, he is, he is there and he is with them 24, seven, 365. So the stronger their faith, they have this awesome dad available to them, this father that's going to, going to be there forever. So that's number one. After that, I want them to learn from amazing, extraordinary people and experiences. Yeah. Um, I want them to learn from those things and I want them to have the, the freedom of thinking and the mindset that they're always trying to get better and improve and learn, um, from other people. So, um, you know, I encourage, you know, my kids and everybody I know of, of be intellectually curious, learn because it's so stimulating and so fun. And maybe yeah. it just is for me. Um, but you know, it's, it's why I'm sitting here today is, is I really love to learn from people. Um, you know, I'm a, huge advocate of listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and reading books and going to events um, and doing all that I can um, to grow and develop. But the difference is I'm not doing that just for me because if I'm doing that just for me, right. it's very fatiguing. Yes. Right. But think about how liberating it is if you're bringing, taking in all this knowledge, you're curating this information and yeah, of course you're going to use it to be your best self. But your real motivation is how can you convey and share that with other people yeah. and allow them to get better? And I got to tell you, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, the, your whole business strategy is about developing two different people groups in your ecosystem mm -hmm. and from a business perspective. The first one and number one is your own workforce. Yes. The people that are on your team. The internal customers, as they would say. They, they, they are, that's your lifeblood, yeah. right? I mean, it really is. And then secondarily to that are your customers. Yeah. You want your customers to be successful. You want them to win. Um, my businesses have never been about selling my products to a customer. Of course, that's how I commercialize and monetize the business. Yeah. But ultimately, if I could find a path to helping them grow and become more successful... My competition doesn't wow. stand a chance. It doesn't stand, they don't stand a chance. So that's really, if that's your missional focus is the development and the betterment of people within your organization, the people around you and ultimately your customer, you know, I would tell other employers and your competition to, to get in line because they're not going to have a chance. Oh, so good. Going back, I have one more question on the family side because I really felt called as knowing someone that's listening to this really wants to know this. Your dynamic, you want faith being the first thing for your for your kids. Yep. What was a learning lesson that can maybe help liberate, keep someone from going down this route? What was a learning lesson in the family side, especially with exposing them to faith, allowing them to do it maybe uh, in that area that didn't go the way as planned, but you can teach this to someone else so they don't do this with their family or dynamic. Does, is what comes to mind for that uh, learning lesson and the faith side? So maybe rephrase that. So you being the father trying to, because uh, I've seen I've seen parents that try to bring faith into the kids yeah. and it causes rebellion, right? Mm -hmm. Either they force it on them or it's just too much. Um, you obviously, you know, like you said, you're not perfect, but you're in a situation where you've allowed them to experience their own faith and have their, their sure. connection with God. Is there a specific learning lesson that you 
found or that you've experienced that you would want to share with the audience for that was that didn't go as planned that you're like you know what i shouldn't have done that or shouldn't have said this or i shouldn't have been too pushy is anything come to mind for you with my kids specifically yeah yeah you know um there's countless things i mean there's tons of things um I, i think i hold on to memories more around where i've acted the right way Okay. And, uh, and it's, and it's worked out. Very selective. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Very, total, it's, a, it's a well-trained skill. Yeah. To total selective memory. Right. Maybe we should so, talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, you know, listen, when it comes to faith, my, uh, first of all, my wife is just extraordinary and she has been an unbelievable disciple for me and my kids. And, and just, you know, she has been graceful and, and kind always, um, in that area. So, um, you know, it's, it's a family, it's a family event. And, and yeah. my kids know that I'm far from perfect um, when it comes to being, uh, uh, you know, a godly man or a Christian man. I mean, they, they see me front and center and, um, you know, they hold me accountable. Yeah. Um, you know, if I, if I try to, you know, take a picture I'm in front of, you know, rather a, one of a plane uh, or whatever it may be, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my kids are the first to say, what in the hell are you doing, dad? <laughs> right. Like, 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 that's not, you know, they're like it, your PR team over there. Like, yeah, no, that's not, that's yeah, not your they, brand. They, they, they coach me up, right. They're probably going to be, you know, a little critical of our backdrop here, but, um, <laughs> but when I think about my kids and, and their faith and, and what my job has been, I really equate it to, thinking about a golf instructor Mm. and a golf professional. And um, most golf instructors could never go play on the PGA Tour. The guys Mm. that are coaching the guys on the PGA Tour. Um, And so I would say when it's come to faith, you know, me and my wife both, we have have been, we want them to flourish beyond where we are in every area of their life. And and we have been, um, you know, I think mindful um, at, at giving them guidance but yeah. letting them go be, um, you know, extraordinary at, at, at what they do and who they are. That's so uh, And we're not, you know, there's no, there's no competition. In other words, yeah. I'm not trying to, it, I don't have the pressure that I need to be more godly than my sons or, or vice versa. I yeah. mean, this is a, this is a, you know, we, we live in a world that has uh, got a lot of uh, pain in it and, yeah. and it's not, it's going to be imperfect. Yeah, and I'm glad you, you shared that. And I know someone right now listening that's a father or, you know, even, even a mother can really let that soak in. And I'm not a father or mother yet, yeah. uh, or a father yet, as I should say, a parent. Um, but I can I can even take that in and realize, and I heard you share about this on a, one of your other... Uh, can, can I just say one more thing? Yes, the, of course, the, man. This is, this is your show, yeah, my friend. So, so, so if you want to learn something... The best way to learn something, and this isn't profound, but it's real, is to teach it, is to teach it. Mm. And ultimately, when it comes to teaching, do you want those that you're teaching and you're sharing with to elevate and to be even more advanced and even more, um, maybe successful is the wrong word, in the area of what you're developing and training them on? And the answer is any good teacher wants to help people advance far beyond where they are. Mm -hmm. Um, So just the um, encouragement and sharing of information alone is, is a big step when it comes to to Mm. living a life of faith. Mm. It's good. It's a good input. Yes, of course you could add stuff in like that. Awesome, man. Well, this is, this has been so powerful and I appreciate like everything you've been sharing here. And there's just like, just a few more questions on, I would love to know Vic, 
where are you going now? Because and the reason I ask this is because you've paved this whole way of success, impact, enterprises, empires, all these things you built, you know, and, and, and you have a family that is so devote to you. It's evident from this interview alone, but just knowing you, but you're not stopping. Like you are just getting started in a different path. I can see it where you're now, you have these venture capitals and you're investing in these other companies. Like what does next five to 10 years look like for Vic Keller? So I spent the last 20 years um, building businesses that I founded um, and, and working um, you know, with extraordinary people. And I have loved it. I've loved it. It's been, a, I mean, fun. I mean, just so much fun. And people talk about the grind and the hustle and all of those things. And I can tell you, I don't live in this hustle and grind mindset. Um, you know, again, I choose to think about the wins, not the losses. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm certainly mindful and learn from the losses along the way, but I've, I've built businesses from the ground up and, and just really love doing that. Um, and today I think about where can I be the most impactful and where can I be a multiplier? Mm -hmm. um, and some of that is selfish um, in the sense of when, you, when you're a founder and you start something from the ground up, it, it is the most fulfilling, amazing thing that I've ever done from a business perspective, but it's also a lot of work and it takes a long time. So today I really have two focuses. One is I like to partner, invest, or be involved um, in businesses that are good, but maybe not great yet, or, or they're on their way to greatness. Yeah. Um, and I want to share really the game behind the game of the tactics and strategies that I've learned in business to help these businesses advance and leapfrog and scale in a way that that is a, a lot quicker than if I was to go out and start yeah. a business from scratch. Um, so that's on the business side, whether it be with, with, uh, Experience Ventures or my private equity firm, KLV Capital, um, or any of the businesses that I have the privilege to, to own and have stewardship over. Um, I want those businesses to advance. And, um, you know, my passion is really um, to, to weigh in on the, the knowledge that I've gained uh, through the past 20 years and infuse that into the business. So that's kind of, that's kind of on the business, okay. I would say, side. Um, on the individual side, which is really the the where my heart just goes the most is I love working with emerging, growing um, entrepreneurs, professionals, innovators, and creators. Um, I just I love that group of people, and I love helping them advance. Um, you know, as a young uh, entrepreneur, as a business person along the way, I think back to if I could have been a part of a community. Um, and a knowledge source that really would have helped me understand all of the disciplines and dynamics within business, yeah. all the way from inception to mergers and acquisitions. If I could have really, really had the foundation uh, that I have today in that area, I think that it would have made things happen a little faster. And when I was a kid, I remember people telling me all the time, be patient, be patient, be patient. I've never been patient. And I'm against I'm, I'm against being patient in a lot of areas of life, right? <laughs> and patiently patient, right? I think I think time matters. Yeah, I mean time absolutely matters. Um, and 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 being patient is fine, um, but being resourceful and expediting uh, the way things would happen if you weren't resourceful and if you weren't intentional yeah. um, is a way to accelerate growth and development in your business and personally. So um, I've spent the last several years creating 
um, an a organization called EPIC, um, which stands for Entrepreneurs, Professionals, Innovators, and Creators. And we've launched a MBA program, which stands for uh, Master in Business Acceleration. Um, we wanna help you grow faster. Um, and, and we have an amazing team of people. Um, you know, we've got people with Harvard MBAs and we've got folks that have worked with me for over a decade operationally building businesses on this epic team. Uh, mm -hmm. We've got extraordinary content creators and marketing professionals and operational professionals um, in all areas. But um, we have built a community um, where we're gonna take people through a year long educational process. Wow. Um, and then from that, we hope they stay in the community for many years to come. So uh, Epic MBA is kind of my, my um, I would tell you that's where my, my heart is right now. Yeah. And even in the businesses that I have the privilege to steward, uh, to invest in, to be a part of. Ultimately, the principles that we deploy in those businesses, what we teach in those businesses, are all the same foundational things that that we have uh, in Epic MBA. But the reality is, I've learned that, um, you know, I can't invest in every company that's out there. Um, I would love to invest in in so many extraordinary entrepreneurs because I fall in love with them. Yeah. Um, I would love to invest in every one of them. However, um, while I can't invest in every one of those businesses, is what I can do is create a community yeah. to help those individuals develop and advance in a much faster way than they would on their own. And so for me, that is life-giving and it's fulfilling. And uh, I'm super excited about, about doing that with the Epic MBA That sounds program. incredible. Yeah. And so if someone's listening right now and they're like, because they're in the business side or they want to grow their business, maybe yeah. they don't understand so much. Who is this for? Like, who would this be best? Like, especially for uh, certain yeah. credentials or whatnot that they need to know about? You know, um, we have an assessment process for someone to get in, an application yeah. process. Um, and I will tell you, it, a lot of it comes down to heart. Yeah. Um, you know, but we have people that are 25 years old that are, that are young, emerging, aspiring, not even gotten into business yet, but want to learn business, mm -hmm. um, all the way to, you know, people that are uh, much later in life that have built businesses that are a hundred, $200 million in revenue, but are, but really want to understand how they need to strategically position their business mm -hmm. over the next few years so they could have an exit and optimize their return. Um, we're all about enterprise value. So anybody that wants to build enterprise value, meaning building a business that is sustainable and successful, and it's not dependent on you as an individual, yes. Um, yes. That, is, that is really our mission is to help people do that. So um, we don't discriminate um, when it comes to um, what you're, where you are in your business, but is where we are selective is, are we gonna bring in individuals that add value to each other? Yeah. Um, and I can tell you some of the greatest value I gain in life today are from people that are young, um, are inexperienced, but are driven or motivated, intellectually curious, and they're really, really working hard um, to, to learn in advance. So we want to have that cross section of individuals in the Epic MBA program. Okay. And if someone wanted to find out like where they go, we'll have the link I'm sure in the show notes, but what's the, what's the link? EpicMBA.com. EpicMBA.com. Yep. That's where they could go in and, and they can put their the email address in our team will intercept that. And, uh, and then, you know, we'll be in touch, but yeah, that's, that's, it's simple and straightforward. Um, you know, I think most of my social handles have a link to get to Epic okay. MBA, but it's something we're passionate about. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with that program over the next few yeah. years. And I'll tell you right now, for you listening in that 
this right here, like this man is the real deal. Like Thank you. to even hear it when you were telling me behind the scenes about this, I was like, I want to know about this. I want to see what's going on here because even if you, like you said, you're just someone just starting business. You're not, you don't have a business yet, or maybe it's still a solopreneur business. Like you want to learn the ropes because you don't want to be the one that's, you know, make or break of the business. You want to create an enterprise in that sense. And so to learn from this man that has built 14 companies up, multiple billions in revenue, and now you're you're so respected in the entire industry of many different industries, actually, because you've built in so many different ways, like to know that you're actually going to have your hand on this. And then also you're going to have the Holy Spirit on this, like go apply for this. If you feel like this is your calling right now, if you feel like this is something that is made for you or this is going to be the accelerator, like go apply. We'll have it in the show notes. This is something that I'm excited. You should reach out to me or to Vic and let us know that you applied uh, on social media because I'm uh, I, like, this is, I didn't know you had this, man. This is so special. Well, thank you. We're, we're excited about it. People ask me all the time if I've written a book and, uh, and I have not written a book. Uh, someday I hope to have enough information to write a quality book that people oh, yeah. would enjoy, but, but <laughs> Maybe one day, right? One day, but, but I believe that Epic MBA is going to be, um, you know, more powerful than a book in a lot of ways because it's tactical and it's all about outcomes and we want to guide people. And, uh, I believe the world's full of gurus, yeah. but, um, man, we really is, is what I feel like people need today are guides yes. and, um, and maps. And if you have a guide and you have a map, I think you could accomplish the greatest things ever, but you know, gurus that are just throwing inspiration out there. I don't really know how to, uh, uh, turn that into outcomes. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Man, this has been so special. I mean, honestly, I feel like we go hours going a little joy ride it. with one of these cars. Love it. Let's do it. Let's I mean, do like, it. Why not? Yeah. Right. But my, my last question here before we wrap up here and, and I, I, I gotta know, like, what is, a strategic life to you? Like, what does that mean to Mr. Vic Keller? Yeah. Um, for me, a strategic life is not about the scoreboard, about my scoreboard uh, being about me. Um, it's really about first and foremost, um, having a kingdom focus mission ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think the ultimate scoreboard is, is, uh, you know, God's scoreboard. Um, th that's, that's number one. Um, and I think a strategic life is designing. Let, let me just share this. I, I think about, um, when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was have fun. I just want to have fun. Yeah. I mean, everything, I just want to have fun. Right. I mean, no matter what it was, I was like, man, is this fun? So as an adult, even I used to always say, well, what matters more than having fun? Isn't it all about having fun? I mean, there's, it's, 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 having fun's great. But I've learned that fulfillment is far better than fun. Mm. And it's longer lasting. And so when I think about my strategic life, I think selfishly about what's fulfilling for me. Um, and, and look, I still love experiences. I love to have fun. But where I get the most fulfillment is helping other people develop and grow. And, uh, and, and again, it, I'm not trying to sound, um, you know, like the greatest guy in the world. It literally is, uh, somewhat selfish. I get a ton of fulfillment from helping others develop and grow. Yeah. Um, rather it be within my own family, 
um, where you know I encourage everyone to to grow and develop, or it's working with uh, entrepreneurs and professionals that are out in the marketplace. Um, that that for me is just super fulfilling. So my strategy is um, at this point in my life is to have um, you know really a heart to help others develop, and and I want to be clear that you know I'm still in the mode of commercializing and monetizing. Yeah. Um, I haven't moved into the nonprofit mindset. Um, I'm involved in nonprofits. I serve on nonprofit boards. There's some that really, really grab my heart in a big way. Yeah. But ultimately, uh, for me, um, I think the day will come that, that, you know, I'm just in full servant mode. Yeah. Um, but for today, I still am involved in helping businesses figure out how to commercialize what they do, uh, helping entrepreneurs how to monetize their ideas, help companies scale and grow. Um, I love that. So my passion is about developing um, both businesses, which I mean greater ecosystems, mm -hmm. and individuals um, that ultimately are gonna be the most impactful for the businesses or the vision or the ideas that they have. So um, I love to ideate. I love to sit around and ideate, but is what I really love to do is execute. And uh, it's a lot of fun to be involved with things where you can measure the outcome. Yeah. And uh, that's that's really where my focus is mostly that's today. Good. That's yeah. big strategic life right there. Not just having fun, which is important, but having fulfillment. Yeah, fulfill yeah. fulfillment, you know, fulfillment is the outcome of if you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. Any final words for the listeners here? Just anything that you want to leave them with before we wrap this up? You know, I, the only thing I would want to share that we haven't talked about is that we live in this um, polarizing world today um, where there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of hurt. Um, quite candidly, there's a lot of tough things that are real life. Um, and you can't make those things go away because they're real. And there are circumstances of a lot of ways and things that, that we do in life of how we live. Um, but for me, um, if there was anything that I wanted to share is just the encouragement that, um, you know, if you are an aspiring professional, um, if you're a dad, if you're a mom, um, if you're an entrepreneur, if you fall in these categories, um, we live in such a great world. Um, and, and, and I don't just mean you know, the United States, I mean the world. Yeah. And uh, certainly there's troubled regions, there's a lot going on, but God has blessed us all with this extraordinary earth. And, um, you know, I, I hope that everyone has a lens of optimism and hope and encouragement and possibility in a time that it seems that there's just a lot of negativity that weighs on people. Mm. Um, and, and at the end of the day, um, if you could just do one thing and one thing well, and I tell myself this all day, every day, um, so I'm preaching it to myself, is to love people and to be loving and, and to find a path um, that really allows you to be authentic. Um, and where, you're, where you can be authentic is where you'll shine no matter what it is. So yeah. I'm excited. Jake, I love what you're doing. Thank I you. love that you're talking to people like me that are not qualified to be on uh, your podcast. Oh, come but, on now. But, uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> no, I love that you're, I really love yeah. that you are um, not just uh, someone that's focused on getting 
uh, to the best possible place you can, and, but you're really focused on helping other people grow. And I believe that's a biblical principle. Yes. Um, and I think that's what God calls us to do is to help others develop and grow. And so I really applaud you for that. Thank you. And by the way, the people that are listening to this, they're like 90% ahead of, you know, a huge percent of the population, because if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, um, ultimately you want to get better. You, yes. you aspire to get yes. better. And that mindset alone is awesome. Yeah. Well, that's powerful words you left people with. And, you know, dude, I just got to acknowledge you first off. Uh, thank you so much for allowing this to happen. Sure. Anyway, this is the reality of it for you listening here to the very end. This man could be anywhere, any place, anytime. He has people, thousands of people coming at him for business opportunities, podcasts, all these things. But I got to acknowledge you for listening to the Holy Spirit within you, the intuition. Uh, you know, God had his hand on this to make this happen. We just met a week ago. Right. And um, I, see, I see a long-term friendship, a long-term just emergence of what we're doing together because of who your heart is and, and what you are. And uh, but I got to acknowledge you for for listening to the Holy Spirit to allow this to happen, because I know someone listening right now and there's going to be more than one person. But the person listening, they're going to have a shift in their business. They're going to understand what it means to be spirit led first, even though you could build successful companies. They're going to understand what it means that to pour into your kids, especially if they're a parent. And they're going to have shifts in their business and their life from this podcast. And that is a multiply effect right there. And you've you've called the called and you've done the do's and you've listened to what God has for you. And uh, I'm so excited for where you're going. Like it's, I know like you kind of said that about me and I'm, you know, like age of your son almost here, but like you are just getting started in the profession and, and in the new industry. And I'll tell you right now, God is moving in the entrepreneurial space right now. Oh yeah, for sure. There are so many people that have been tinkering around, been lukewarm. They are getting saved. Yeah. They are getting bold. Yeah. And it's going to be exciting to yeah. see how you play a big part in that. Well, I'm grateful. It's very encouraging. And, uh, you know, I think that, um, man, it's just a great privilege to, to be able to, um, work with people and to have relationships with people that, ultimately are Christ-centered and Christ-focused. And, and uh, you ask, you know, why I'm here today or, um, you know, kind of what drew me here today. And there's no doubt that it was God. Yeah. And I don't do, you know, a lot of podcast interviews. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate what you're about in your heart, man. So Thank we you. are going to be friends and do some fun stuff together. Maybe you'll have yeah. me back sometime because we got a lot more stuff to talk about. Well, we got a lot more to talk about. And for those that are probably listening to this interview, by the time we have the next interview, your MBA, Epic MBA is going to be going. We have some people that are going to be in your course having success. We'll have to hear the feedback from them. How good is that? Dude, I'm excited about where you're going with this. You like just, seriously, if you're listening right now and you have been questioning about the business side or thinking that this might be for you, go to the show notes below in the, the description, wherever you're watching this, listening to this, go to epicmba.com and go apply. There's no, there, The worst thing you could do is not apply. Right. And to learn from this incredible man, where's the best way they could uh, reach out to you, by the way, if they want to just connect you know with what? you or Instagram, uh, Instagram, which is at Vic Keller, V-I-C-K-E-L-L-E-R. At Vic uh, Keller. Yeah, at Vic Keller. And so I'm, I'm, that's my handle on uh, all these okay. wonderful social platforms. I'm probably most active, I would say, on Instagram. So that'd be a good place to get me and shoot me a DM. Shoot him a DM. That's our one call to action here. Thank you so much for listening right? There's, there's nothing here besides giving you value and wisdom on how to live your strategic life. 
And our one call to action is leaders like him, leaders like me, we love to hear what the actual outcomes are being happening behind the, the, the AirPod, behind the, the, the YouTube video you're watching. So shoot us a message, say what you learned from this, what you took away, you know, and, and even better, screenshot this on your phone, the podcast, screenshot us and tag at Vic Keller and at Jake Havron. And shout us out because we'll restore you. We'd love to see that. It really means a lot for us. So that's our one ask out of you. But other than that, Vic, it's been incredible, my friend. Thanks, we will brother. definitely have Vic back on very soon to talk about more details on how he lived his strategic life. So until then, you guys go crush it. Go keep inspiring. Go keep living your life boldly in faith. And go keep creating a strategic life. We'll see you in the next episode.